Well, good day, good day, or good evening, or good night, whatever it happens to be there where you are. I thank you for taking a moment in the midst of whatever it is you're doing to sit down here once again with Arctic Eric at the kitchen table. Yes, this is Fika, Freedom in Christ Always with Arctic Eric. I'm going to continue on Faith in Christ Always. This is part two. And I have no idea how many discussions we're going to have here together on this subject right here with Arctic Eric at the kitchen table. In Romans 10.17, a verse that has meant a lot to me in my life, we read, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes. How? From hearing. From hearing what? From hearing the message concerning Jesus Christ. All that has with Jesus Christ to do. And we find him in scripture from Genesis through the book of Revelation. So it's possible to have faith as we hear what God and Christ say in Scripture. So faith will come as we hear and then as it awakens us and we choose to believe it. Yep, that's right. God is the initiator of all the good things in your life. Yes, sir. He really is. And the very best things are the things which have to do with the Christ, the eternal one, who wants to bring us and keep us in an eternal relationship with himself through the power of the person of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So if you need to be helped to believe God, spend time with God in Scripture allowing the teacher, the revealer, the spirit of truth on the inside of you to cause those scriptures to become alive so that you from depth deep within your being can say, yes, I believe that. I not only believe that I'm saved through faith, but that I'm going to continue with God through his ability, his grace through faith. Let's look today as we continued on the subject of faith in Christ always. And as I said, this is part two. In 1 Corinthians 1.21, we're going to begin to look at that word believe. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Oh, there's so much in this verse that we're going to try to unpack here at the kitchen table. First of all, it is about believing. And we know that we believe because we hear the message, the message that was delivered to us, shared with us, preached to us. But God in his wisdom designed it so that the world, through their own wisdom, cannot know him. Of course, he is revealed through his creation, 
But if we choose to spend our time looking at what he's created and not allowing it to lead us to the creator, then we'll have a great deal of wisdom as the world has it, but not the wisdom that is from God. So God decided it pleased him through the foolishness of the message, the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, to save those who believe. So when anyone hears the good news, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, immediately the ability is actually present for them to believe. I know I've witnessed with people over the years who say, but I just can't believe. And I share them with them what I'm sharing with you and say, well, we need to get honest here. If you want to believe, you can believe. And when we say we cannot believe, Often, the root of that is, I just don't want to believe. I don't want to capitulate. I don't want to believe there's a God. Or even if I believe there's a God, I don't want to believe what he said, particularly when it has to do with believing on his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But we can see that believing, trusting, or faith are so very, very vital in this relationship that God wants to do. But let's look at this now. The question comes, well, where are the wise? And we know from Scripture that Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. Let's continue here and look at the verses surrounding 1 Corinthians 1.21. And let me read them here, verse 18 through 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So let's just look at this verse 18 first for a moment before we continue. The message of the cross to the carnal man, to the man who chooses not to believe, is foolishness. Why? Because they're perishing. They don't have eternal life. They don't have a willingness and an openness to hear the gospel and allow it when it raises faith in them to grab a hold of it through that faith that is awakened in them. But to all who are being saved, you have been saved the moment you believe. At that point, you're saved. Eternity is in your heart, but there's a process that continues in us, continually saved, or as we call it, sanctified. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. I'll tell you, I've enjoyed watching some debates here lately between some wonderful men of God and women of God who are debating with uh, agnostics and atheists and skeptics. And I have to be honest with you, as an insider, as a child of God, as a saint of God, as one who has allowed God to transform his thoughts through the word of God and has seen Christ formed in him over the years, I am stirred with compassion at the arguments that these poor, unbelieving folks attempt to put forth as wisdom. And of course, it's a wisdom that's only wise to those who don't have a clue. It's kind of like the clueless club. Oh, God wants us to be informed and transformed, not clueless. But the question goes in verse 20, 
Where are the wise? Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. So it pleased God through the foolishness of the message priest to save those who believe. That means anyone who desires to hear and believe can do so. Anyone. He goes on to say, The Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we, those called by God, those filled with God by His Spirit, we don't preach worldly wisdom. No, we preach Christ crucified. And to the Jew, this is a stumbling block. And to the Greek, that's most of the people we're going to meet, it's just foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom. And without Christ, you do not have God's wisdom. You can have a lot of knowledge about God. You can have a lot of facts about God. Or a lot of reasons why you don't believe there's a God and think that it, it comes from wisdom. But, of course, it's foolishness. But God says about all that, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Oh, how we need to capitulate, even we who believe, and recognize that all true wisdom is found in Christ. Scripture makes that clear. Paul goes on here in 1 Corinthians, starting verse 26. He says, For you see your calling, my brothers and sisters, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen, now listen, this includes me, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Those things which seem so wise and seem so mighty, when compared to the revelation of Jesus Christ by faith, are but foolishness. The real power is in and from God, and it's in His Son, Jesus Christ, who He raised from the dead, who lives in us by faith and through the person of the Holy Spirit, continually worked a transformation process in us as we allow Him to. The base things of the world and the things which are despised God has cho chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us, for you and for me, Jesus Christ. God determined that Jesus Christ would become his very wisdom, from God for us, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. That it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Listen, when you capitulated, 
when you surrendered, when you allowed Scripture to work in you so that you could believe and then grabbed a hold of it in your heart, you not only became right with God, but God himself began a, began a process of sanctifying you, a process of holiness in you, and the process of redeeming you. He did it. In the same way we meet him, we live our life in him, and we meet him through faith. Trusting Him alone. Trusting Him always. Let's continue. Wisdom and knowledge are in Him, in Christ. It's not philosophy, but it's Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, we read, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many has not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be encouraged, knit together in love, and attaining all the riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both the Father and Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let me read that again. In Christ are hidden all all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, all true eternal wisdom, all true eternal knowledge. But if we're not careful, we'll exchange human wisdom and human philosophy and human knowledge. We'll allow it to become more or less a god or an idol in our life, and without realizing it, are rejecting the one in whom all true wisdom and knowledge are hidden. He goes on to say, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. He emphasizes steadfastness of our faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, he says, as you've received Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted in him, built up in him, established in the faith, as you've been taught. Who is the teacher? The Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Scripture says that after a season you have no need for any man to teach you, for you have the teacher on the inside of you, and it is his joy to reveal Christ to you in an ever-deepening way. We walk in him, rooted in him, abounding as we've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. But now listen to this verse 8. Get ready. Beware. That's you and me. We need to beware. Otherwise, we can be cheated through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwells, lives all the fullness of the Godhead. And you, you dear friend, if you've capitulated, you are complete in him. And he is the head of all principality and power. Isn't that fabulous? Isn't that amazing? Don't let anyone cheat you. But listen, if you're not spending time in Scripture with the Holy Spirit showing you Jesus, leading you into what is truth, then you can be easily manipulated through these religious church philosophies, these empty thoughts that sound so good, but the end is death. 
We need to hang on to what does it mean to be complete in him, the one who's the head. He's your only head. He's the great shepherd. So let's look. What, what is it that pleases God? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. You know, we want to please God. But I, I hope that you understand it's not by works that you please God. My, my, my. You might please people in an organization or people in a group who you say represent God. Listen, God represents himself through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in Scripture. He represents himself. He's well able to do that and to use us as ambassadors for others to know him as their head, as their shepherd, as the Christ. But in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. Whoever comes near to God must of necessity believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. And what do I mean when I say faith or believe? That means to adhere to, to hold fast to, to trust in, to rely on, to have faith in Christ always. Well, I hope you're encouraged today. This is part two of what is probably going to be quite a few parts on faith in Christ. This is Arctic Eric. Thank you for being here with me again at the kitchen table. I hope the Spirit of God is stirring in you today to spend time with the King, with your only hope eternal, with the Lord Jesus Christ as His Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit called Holy, in you, awakens you through Scripture to reveal to you that Christ is your eternal wisdom, your eternal knowledge, the one who saves you and sanctifies you, and who will take you all the way by faith. Again, thanks for being here with me at the kitchen table. May God bless you richly today is my prayer. Good day.